With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host on this Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. It's great to be back. Hope you had a great weekend. It is Monday, and I know that can suck. That can really suck sometimes, but you know what? In the second half, got a little surprise for you. I'm not going to wait and have to, you know, I'm not teasing it. No, no, no. Monday morning conversation, we do have that today, and it's none other. Those that have been listening beyond earlier than the 2022 season, They'll know who Blue Check Beck is. Blue Check Beck is back in the house. I brought him in for the Monday morning conversation. I'm looking forward to talking with Michael Beck. He's the former deputy editor of Behind the Steel Curtain. And so I, I want to get his thoughts on this past season. I haven't talked to him in a long time. I want to get his thoughts on the upcoming offseason. So we'll dive into all that in the second half. But before we do that, we do have some news to get to. We always try to start off with the news, and I want to just kind of let everyone know out there that this week is a big week in terms of those off-season all-star games for the collegiate uh, players that are going to be entering the NFL draft. This is the first, these all-star games are what kicks everything off. Uh, We've already had, I think it was the Tropicana Bowl. No, it wasn't the Tropicana, it was the Tropical Bowl, I think. And the Steelers met with a few players down there. That's a very low-profile all-star game. This week are two big ones. The Shrine Bowl and the Senior Bowl are both happening this week. Now, the Steelers have already been rumored to have been talking with some players because they're down there in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl already. 
media outlets are down there. They're talking with players. Hey, have you talked to the Steelers? All that good stuff. So make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We'll have all that updated there for you. On top of that, this is just going to be an exciting week to analyze some of these prospects. Last year at this Senior Bowl, especially the Senior Bowl, the Steelers had two players that they did draft there. Calvin Austin III and Kenny Pickett were both in attendance down in Mobile. So, hey, keep an eye on some of that stuff. We're going to have some articles out there for you. Uh, We'll have, uh, I definitely recommend you go check out Jeremy Jerome Betts' interview and he and Andrew Wilbar on the Steelers Fix last week. They had Jim Nagy on. He is the Senior Director of the Senior Bowl. So make sure you go check out all that stuff because that's going to be fun things to watch. And that's also going to be in the week that there is no real NFL football because, well, the Super Bowl will be uh, the the next week. So this is the lull in between the AFC and NFC Championship games and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about the NFL playoffs more on Wednesday. But the one other news bit that I wanted to bring up, man, I wrote this article, I think it was Saturday. It might have been Friday. Um, and I didn't think that it was going to get this much acknowledgement, whether it's positive, negative on social media or on the website. But I wrote an article about how, according to ESPN's advanced analytics, now they have always been an organization, ESPN that is, that dives into advanced analytics. They love it. They love that aspect of football. They love that aspect of, you know, the science behind football. Uh, Zebra Technology, someone that had they had their director on Dave Schofield's Stat Geek podcast last offseason, they talked about how this is the future of football. They're looking at these analytics. So they decided because they've had analytics for quarterbacks and, and wide receivers uh, in certain ways. Now they said, let's go a little bit deeper with the wide receiver position and let's develop these metrics. These metrics like the overall grade, getting open grade, contested catch grade, yards after catch. Those are the main three. Now, Deontay Johnson, he finishes in the top five overall. He is fifth overall in this these metrics. So by advanced analytics, whether you believe that or not, the advanced analytics show that Deontay Johnson is a top five wide receiver in the NFL. And you would have thought that by writing this article, and I said, look, I'm not saying I buy this, but this is what it says, that I was somehow insulting these people and their intelligence. Like Deontay Johnson didn't have 1,000 yards receiving. He had just over 800. He did not register a touchdown, any touchdown, not rushing, not receiving, zero. The one thing about Deontay Johnson is that he has a ridiculous getting open score because he is fast. He is quick. He does create space for himself. Problem is he has other issues, whether it's holding onto the football, yards after the catch is bad, but he had a 99 score in getting open. That was the highest score by far. And so that that pushes him up all those other metrics. And that's how he's a top five wide receiver. So if you want to check out that article, you can go to the website and you can check it out. And you can feel free to debate about it. I've had a lot of people on Twitter responding to my tweet and saying, this guy's not a top five wide receiver. Look, I'm just putting it out there. Y'all can judge him however you want. We're going to talk about Deontay Johnson in a way during this podcast. Let's get right into that. You know, Omar Khan, as I call him, the Khan artist, his job is incomplete. That is the title of the podcast. His The Khan artist's job is incomplete. And why do I say it's incomplete? I think that's, you know, you think about last season, last offseason, after the NFL draft was when Kevin Colbert officially retired, the Steelers went on their lengthy search for their next general manager, and they end up settling with an in-house candidate that is Omar Khan, the Khan artist. And his job's not complete. You think about what he's done, it's so far so good. For sure it's so far so good. When you think about bringing in players like Larry Ogunjobi, that was a move that he made. Brought him in, 
gave him a one-year contract, kind of like a prove-it deal. I think it was around $8 million. That, that was a good signing. You think about some of the contracts that he has done. Minka Fitzpatrick, he was the first on the list. He got a big deal. Uh, right before training camp, Deontay Johnson, he gets an extension. Chris Boswell, he too gets an extension. Those were good contracts. Think of Fitzpatrick's contract. A lot of people thought it was inflated. When you start to see some of these other safeties cashing in, someone like Jesse Bates or Von Bell of Cincinnati, they're gonna. It's gonna just con- continue to ratchet up, up and up and up. So in this regard, I thought that Omar Khan's contracts that he gave out as the general manager were really good. But the cherry on top of a really good Sunday so far for Omar Khan. Well, you know what it was. It was the Chase Claypool trade. Trading Chase Claypool before the trade deadline to the Chicago Bears for their second-round pick. And that's really important. They have a second-round pick from the Baltimore Ravens when they traded Roquan Smith, but they didn't trade the Ravens' second-round pick. They traded their own. We know how it ended up. They have the, the Bears, that is, have the first overall draft pick, meaning the Steelers have the first pick in the second round. Just a fantastic trade. A fantastic trade. Then when you look at what happened, and no one knew this was going to happen, I mean, Chase Claypool did absolutely nothing for Chicago. Nothing. Nothing. I mean, just no production whatsoever. The Steelers were just the the con artists. He did it again. And so a lot of people out there are saying, this guy is going to be one of the best GMs in the league. I hope you're right, but I'm here to tell you that we haven't seen enough of Omar Khan to start thinking about that yet. His job is incomplete. So while there were great moves... There's still plenty of work that has to be done. This is his first real offseason. And when I say real offseason, I'm talking about free agency. His first go-around with the first wave of free agency. He's dealt with like those Larry Ogunjobis who are still hanging around as mini camps and OTAs are coming up, training camp. He's dealt with that. He has not dealt with the March 13th, which is when the legal tampering period starts in the NFL. He has not dealt with that March 13th deadline and seeing who can I bring in and how can I manipulate our salary cap to make it work. He's done that salary cap stuff, but he's never been the one that's pulling the trigger on these deals. Also, the NFL draft and Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin, they were fixtures at some of these big pro days and they made big news. And Kevin Colbert was getting jerseys from places like Clemson uh, for all his work and all the times that he visited there. And you know, he's at North Carolina's campus all the time. And you know, they're giving speeches about Kevin Colbert. That's never been Omar Khan as of yet. So when you think about how this is, this is the incomplete part of Omar Khan's job, Omar Khan has done a fabulous job so far. However, I would say, and this is just me, that as a GM... The brunt of your work is done in the offseason. The vast majority of your work is done through free agency and the draft helping to build your roster. And when you think about the influence of Andy Weedle, how is he going to influence the Steelers? Here's a guy that has ties to Baltimore, ties to Philadelphia, and everywhere he went, there has been a going trend with where he goes, and that is to build up and fortify the trenches offensive and defensive line, winning in those areas. If that trend continues and he brings that to Pittsburgh, I, for one, will be ecstatic. But we don't know. We don't know because we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen what it looks like in Pittsburgh. Also, I asked myself a couple questions about Omar Khan, ones that I don't have the answer to. 
And that is how much say or how much involvement did Omar Khan have when Kevin Colbert was the general manager? Was he in the war room? Was he a guy that was sitting in the scouting meetings? Was he with the player personnel? Or was he just a guy that dealt with salary cap stuff? Was he just the guy that was in the in his office? Hey, Omar, we're thinking of signing this guy. We need to figure out how we're going to work this contract. And he crunches the numbers. I find that latter scenario of him just being that guy in the corner office with a big calculator as I don't I don't buy that. I think that's false. And the reason why I don't buy that is I don't think the Steelers would have promoted him to general manager if that's all he did. But we don't know how much say or pull or even how much involvement he had in the process when Kevin Colbert was the general manager. Will it be different? Like that's another question. Will it be different? Will it be status quo for the Steelers? Everyone, meaning fans, have said all offseason, since the offseason began, well, you know what the Steelers are going to do? They're not going to trade any picks, and they're not going to do this. Well, we don't know that. That's what Kevin Colbert did. Omar Khan might be more willing to deal players, picks, whatever. To me, the Chase Claypool trade was a perfect example of that. Most people would have assumed that there's no way they're going to part ways with one of their wide receivers, a guy that was a second-round draft pick, their top pick that year. There's no way they're going to, I think it was 2020, by the way. There's no way they're going to part part ways with that guy, and yet they did. And yet the Steelers said, we're going to make this move. We think it's going to be better for us in the long term, and it paid off. I don't think Kevin Colbert makes that trade. I just don't think he does. That's his guy. That's his guy. So will it be different? I don't know. We have to wait and see. Uh, that That's going to be one of the exciting aspects of this offseason when it comes to Omar Khan. But all of it so far is incomplete. He's done a great job to this point. I don't want people to listen to me and think, oh, well, you know, what Jeff's talking about is he's talking about the fact that, you know, Omar Khan, he hasn't really proven anything. No, he's proven he's capable of making really good contracts prior to the season. He has proven that he's willing to bring in a player, even if it's only for one year, to see if they can somehow benefit themselves and the team at the same time. And he's proven that he's willing to make trades. He's willing to make trades. And so some of these things and some of these factors I just mentioned and outlined are not the same. They're not the status quo. So keep all that in mind as you prepare yourself for free agency, which starts in March, and then the NFL draft in the early spring. Because we don't know. So right when you think, ah, I know exactly what the Steelers are going to do, you have to put the you have to pump the brakes a little bit and say, well, that was within the old regime. That was in the old regime. So keep that in mind. The con artist, his job is incomplete. I'm going to talk about Omar Khan and a lot more with my buddy Blue Check Beck, who will be coming on in the Monday morning conversation right after this break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Alright, Steeler fans, I told you what was coming up at the beginning of the show. It's a Monday morning conversation. Someone I used to talk to every single week when he was with Behind the Steel Curtain. Blue Check Beck. That's right. Michael Beck is back. What's up, Michael? How's it going? Oh, I'm good. It's been so long since I've heard that. I missed it. I've been good, though, Jeff. I've been good. <laughs> yeah, up there in Canuck land, Blue Check Beck is back. Still has the Blue Check. Uh, did you pay for that now? Do you have to oh, pay no way. Not a check. The oh. second Elon Elon bought Twitter, I was like, okay, that like, it was it was a good run. We'll get rid of that, but it, it's still around. I'm surprised. I'm sure any day now that uh, that will be taken away. But hey, you cling to that man. I mean, you're verified, which means so much more than anything else in this world. So, oh. all right, Blue Check back is back. I want to ask you first and foremost because I haven't talked to you really this season. What did you think of the 2022 Steelers? Oh, it really was like a two different stories from before and after the bye week. Um, before the bye week, it was just frustrating, like watching them being like, this team could be like not amazing by any stretch, but like they could be good. They they just gave away so many games. Like the NFC East games this season, my word, were they the most frustrating football games I think I've ever watched in my life? Like maybe just compared to those terrible playoff losses the Steelers have had the last couple years like Mm -hmm. those games they like i'm not sure if i've ever seen a team just give away games that they easily could have won um so from the frustration that to the turnaround like i'm excited about the future part of me wonders if if kenny was the guy from week one and he like obviously he had some rust in 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 that first what jets appearance i guess it was when he had the three interceptions week four if if that was just kind of out of the way earlier and like I, I don't know if that means they lose the Cincy game and like all it becomes a moot point. But man, like if he just started earlier and he just kind of like got his feet wet earlier, like part of me wonders if they get that extra game, like his health, the concussions, if he's healthy in Baltimore, um, like they're so close to the playoffs. Like this team wasn't winning the Super Bowl this year. Like I, I don't care if they squeak in. Um, like looking at what's left at the top here, sure any team can get hot, but. There's a lot to be excited about moving forward, but this team was still so frustrating at times, but still left a lot of meat on the bone moving forward. So I'm, I'm excited about the future. So you talked about Kenny Pickett. Now, I was a guy that last season I was saying, look, you have this rookie. You know he's going to be the guy for the, at least a rookie contract. Give him a shot week one, and let's just go through those growing pains now and get it over with. And I was I was in the minority. Most people said, start Mitch, work Kenny in, and that's fine. Everyone has their own prerogative. It kind of sounds like in hindsight, you you were along the same lines as me, but were you saying that at the beginning of the season? That's my question for you. I, I Honestly, I'm, I'm if I really think back on it, I'm pretty sure I was on the fence pretty much the whole way. Like, Mitch Trubisky probably gives you a little bit more. Like, And I, I think we all kind of bought it in this craze a little bit of him in Buffalo, like, we know he's beloved locker room guy and it sounds like everywhere he's been, they love him in the locker room. He's someone people like to work with. And 
it, it sounded like he made some serious steps in Buffalo as a backup, but who knows? I might've just been his agent driving up his market and it, pretty much probably exactly what it was. So there was part of me that was excited because he was still like a top five pick. Um, he, he showed some good stuff in Chicago. He like his, his coach had just been fired. So like, like Nagy, he, he's long gone. He struggled with him. So part of me was still excited to see what Mitch could do and maybe take his next step forward. Not, like not be a top 10 quarterback by any means, but be maybe a Ryan Tannehill 2.0. Someone that could come in, get the job done. Yeah. But as soon as he kind of started being shaky, like I, at that moment, I was like, this is probably where we should already start to have transitioned. A lot of hindsight, which is just super easy to say now, but ultimately Kenny Pickett getting those reps would have made more for the future going forward. And the Steelers keeping Matt Canada now, I'm, I, I don't know if we're even going to get into that can of worms, but <laughs> the fact they're keeping him and being like, oh, there's progression. Like, okay, why didn't you just start with Kenny then? Yeah. Like if you wanted the growing pains and, and you, you wanted them to work together, let them work together. And like, it's kind of like they're playing two sides of the fence right now themselves. So the Steelers are kind of doing it to themselves. To, to jump to the future, just for a second, you bring up Mitch Trubisky and I find his situation fascinating. He has to be, and he, I think he did say this to Brooke Pryor of ESPN after the season that he kind of wishes he would have been more patient in free agency. And he signed with the Steelers the first day of the legal tampering period last year. And he was kind of like, ah, maybe I, maybe I should have waited. It kind of makes me sound like it makes me think that he's looking at it and saying, if I stay another year, I'm going to be relegated to backup duties for the rest of my career. Absolutely. I'm going to be, you could name off all the lists of, you know, clipboard Jesus and all these other players that have done nothing but backup players for their whole career. And he probably still thinks he's a starting caliber quarterback. And he actually played to it at a decent level for Pittsburgh. Do you think he's back in Pittsburgh next year? Or do you think the Steelers somehow find a way to either move him or he says, look, guys, just cut me. Just cut me. They cut ties with him. They they save some cap space. How do you see that playing out? I personally would want the Steelers to move on. Like I, I don't know if he'll if he's the guy that's going to be distraction. I, I really don't think he's that guy. But it's just very tough right now watching him. Uh, this situation, like as as exactly like you laid out. I, I feel like he signed with the Steelers on the belief that they weren't going to draft someone in the first round, and. It, it kind of seemed like, if I re remember the story correctly, he was kind of taken off guard that they took Kenny Pickett. Wasn't exactly thrilled, but he's Mitch Trubisky, so he's going to be there for him and support him. He was shocked when he lost the job. I Like, I remember that. The season ended, he's like, oh, man. I, like, part of me wonders if he wished he waited until the draft was over to sign yeah. and then have found his team. Like, for him, I, I, I would agree with your statement that he is someone who realizes this is probably it. If he's going to be a starter, he's probably going to find one more situation here and have one last kick at the cat. And right now, ugh, he's not going to get that in Pittsburgh. I know there's a lot of people that will say like, oh, for like a good backup, like he, he gets paid like pretty fairly, but still I, that cap hit, you, you've got to take advantage of a rookie in his rookie contract. The fifth year option is different now. It's almost more like a franchise tag if they perform well. So it, it, you don't get the full five years at that discounted rate. So with three more years of Kenny, at his absolute cheapest he'll ever be, you got to strike when the iron's hot. And I'm right now of the belief, like you got to make this team as as strong as you possibly can. You got to protect him as much as you can, and you just got to put him in the best atmosphere for success. And right now, I think keeping Mitch Trubisky doesn't exactly give you that. Like, sure, you want someone that if Kenny has another concussion or gets injured, can step in. Sure, but look at what Baltimore did with like these nothing 
backup quarterbacks and they're still winning games. They yeah. still make the playoffs. I, I don't think you need to spend $10 million on a backup, especially a guy that right now probably hopes to be in a different situation. Right. And his contract was very incentive laden anyways. And that's something rare for the Steelers for them to do that. And that's they, they started to kind of, well, Hey, welcome to the 21st century of NFL contracts. And that's Omar Khan's influence. We'll talk about him in a second. I still think if you go back to last off season, the NFL draft, I think the Steelers, if they were honest, said we had one quarterback with a great, with a round one grade and that's Kenny Pickett. Other than that, none of them are worth a first rounder. And I guarantee you at 20, they were not thinking he was ever going to be available. Mm. They were everyone. I mean, ESPN's draft Knicks, the people behind the steel curtain, everyone's saying this guy's going to be gone in the top 10 or maybe just after 20. He's still there. They take him and Mitch Trubisky's probably thinking what the hell. And it was an insurance policy that they didn't have to really utilize, but still the quarterback situation is going to be interesting. You talked about Matt Cannon. I want to bring him up next because I think it's imperative that I asked everyone that I have on this show. When you heard that Matt Canada was staying, not whether you were shocked, because if you, you're a smart guy, you follow the Steelers like we do, like I do, yeah. you weren't shocked that they kept him. But were you at least a part of you thinking that there might be some hope, or were you just thinking this is this is awful? I, I forget who it was, but someone on Twitter mentioned that the Steelers have, like under Mike Tomlin, haven't fired a coordinator. I think his entire tenure, they let their contracts expire. And well, like the, Bruce the forced, Arians, forced Bruce Arians, he retired. Yeah. He <laughs> <Yes>. retired. <laughs> so that's a little different. Like I, I don't think he, he got the extra uh, cash payout because he retired, right? Um, but yeah, he was definitely showed the door. But when I read that, it was probably day two after the season was over, and I was like, "He's not going anywhere. Uh, like they're going to give him the extra year." And uh, maybe I'm the conspiracy theorist, but what franchise in like all of sports doesn't let your doesn't let assistant coaches get fired, even for poor performance. Like the Steelers offense statistically was awful, even when it got better. And I know Jeffrey Benedict's throwing stats at me left and right saying uh, like, oh, point per drive. It, like it was still, it was better, but ultimately it's, it's a, it's a game. You got to play the whole game and they're yeah. still ranking in the bottom. Part of me was surprised to a degree. I really thought that obviously Frank Wright getting the head coaching gig is going to be paramount to anything else. But with having Weedle in the organization, I was like, there, that's a really strong tie between Philly uh, and and Reich. I, I thought that could be a certain possibility, and obviously the Byron Leftwich stuff. Like, uh, there's ties. Leftwich was awful in Tampa. Like, that's another story. But I was surprised to a small degree. But ultimately, no. It, I figured Matt Cannon was coming back, and it, right now I'm fully prepared for them to go the season, maybe average at best and let his contract expire and move on to the next one. And that's where it gets tough. Something I, my biggest gripe with Tomlin, I think as time goes on, I don't think it's a Mike Tomlin issue. I, I, I think he has one opportunity to hire a coach. They have to do the whole contract. And if he gets it wrong, it's, it's cake on his face, but it's a reason why they hire from within because he's got to know these guys because yeah. he, he is a shot in the dark and they have to play out two, three year contracts. If I'm going to give a bold prediction for the coaching staff, it is going to be, that Brian, Byron left, which is going to be a Brian Flores type addition to the coaching staff this off season. And you're going to hear it cause he's, he's a free agent now and he's had a really crappy offense in Tampa this past year. And I could see Mike Tomlin picking up the phone saying, Hey, Byron, love to have you on the staff, man. You want to come in and help out with the passing game and be a senior assistant mm -hmm. offensive coach. 
And I could see him being like a, they wouldn't label it as an offensive uh, or a pass game coordinator like the LA Chargers do and other teams. But I could see them bringing him in in some type of role. And if they did, I'd be happy because I think the Steelers could always add coaches. They have one of the smallest coaching staffs in the National Football <laughs> League, oh, yeah. adding quality coaches. Even if Byron Leftwich is not the best coordinator, that doesn't mean he doesn't bring value. So we'll see if that happens. And if it doesn't, uh, I want to go and let's talk about, you brought up Andy Weedle, Omar Khan. I did my whole first half of this show about how I call him the con artist, how he his job is incomplete because we haven't seen a free agency stint with him. Yes, he brought in players like Larry Ogunjobi, but we haven't seen him. Hey, it's your job. It's your show on day one of the tampering period. What are you going to do? And Andy Weedle, we don't know how he's going to influence things, but I want to get first before we talk about Khan and his job that he's done thus far. Man, I thought about you when he traded Chase Claypool. I thought I was like, oh man, Michael's got to be down in the dumps. Mapletron is gone. You My know, guy. Were, yeah, it was your guy. That was your guy. Yes, you have direct ties to Chase. And Chase did awful for Chicago. I mean, he did nothing. And yeah. man, Pittsburgh has just got to be. If Omar Khan, he's probably like waking up with this wide grin. Just like, I can't believe that we pulled this off. Uh, what were your thoughts on that trade when it happened? Oh man, I, I hate to like pile on to someone who like I, I don't know if i'd necessarily call like a good friend but like an acquaintance someone yeah. someone i know but like oh man chase he's oh, like he's just kind of <laughs> fallen down in that like diva wide receiver like completely yeah. uh he knows who he is uh and loves himself for it and it, it's it to a degree it's unfortunate but like people with crazy athletic ability god given uh heights and attributes it happens from time to time. When the trade first happened, I was bummed to a degree. I was like, well, I don't really know anyone left in the organization. Oh, well. <laughs> but uh, but when I saw the return and then Chicago just start to get bad, I, like, I just kept getting more and more excited. And he did absolutely nothing with them. And con artist, absolutely. Um, the second round pick that's now 32 because of Miami's stupidness last year. Oh man, like that could be a major coup for the organization. That could be a pick that completely changes the direction of this team. Having three in the top fifty, yeah. first of all, they got they got a hit, and right. if they do, oh my word! Like th- this could really put the rocket on the back of this team and send them in the direction of these top teams in the AFC. So ultimately, at first, not thrilled by the trade. Seeing what's coming back, I was like, oh okay, okay, yeah, and getting George Pickens some more reps huge yeah like it kind of still puts a like a small void in the receiving room though and that's why like i'm not necessarily screaming from the mountaintops for jordan addison but i'm someone who can recognize that kenny pickett might be i'm not someone who's gonna stand here and be like oh like juju smith schuster like is still liked uh, supposedly in the locker room obviously all these rumors coming out but i i still think they probably add another receiver and it's just the steelers is what they do so they probably do that but right now i that pick is huge. And honestly, that, that trade is, is so good for the Steelers. And if they play it right, it's a, fu- a fundamental piece moving forward. I mean, I tell you what, I had Chris Carter, my buddy CC on the show last week, and I asked him about team needs and stuff. And he said something that I don't know. And I, I feel like I should have thought about this myself, but I'm too stupid. He said, look, there are prolific wide receivers in every single draft class. So if, if you don't feel the absolute need that Jordan Addison is a necessity at 17, get yourself an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, fortify the trenches. You know you can pick receivers in the second and third, 
And if you don't get it this year, there's going to be another one next year. It's not like these classes of quarterbacks where there's some that are great and some that aren't that great. Every year there's receivers that are coming into the league and they're being dynamic from day one. George Pickens being an example, second round draft pick. Uh, but when you think about the draft coming up, prep for free agency, Omar Khan, Andy Weedle. I tend to think that maybe there, sorry about that. I tend to think that maybe there are these situations where we as fans think we know what's going to happen, but we have no clue. They could be totally different. And I don't know if Kevin Colbert pulls the trigger on that Chase Claypool trade, by the way. I just think that he, he always liked his guys and that's, mm. that's his guy. I, that was their first draft pick that year, not first round, but their first draft pick that year in 2020. What do you think maybe could be different from Omar Khan and Andy Weedle taking over? Yeah, uh, this I think it shapes up with what they do leading up to free agency, how they open up their cap space. Because right now there's there's not much, but they right. can so easily create tons, like pretty much limitless cap space. And as we as I know we've talked about before, caps a myth. Uh, yeah. They can they can fit in whoever however they like, but. The, the moves they make leading up, is, I think, is going to be your kind of biggest prediction, like predictable factors, I should say. If they move move a ton of space, I could see them bring in two, three names, like legit names, not like Mason Cole, who is great, not to discredit yeah. him, but like a backup caliber guy who's getting an opportunity just based on the circumstance in Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be bigger moves than that, necessarily, if they do create the cap space, which, again, they have every opportunity to do so by cutting players restructuring players almost more so than any year I can really remember to create tons of cap. Yeah. So beyond that, that that's going to be the biggest thing uh, moving past that. Like if they don't make the cap space and just, they, cause they can run the season back pretty much with the same team. Plus the draft picks. If they don't open up more than I want to say $12 million, like basically just cutting uh, William Jackson, the third, they don't do more than that, then part of me just wonders if they just want to bring back the exact same roster, have the same continuity, and just focus on the draft. And that's certainly one way they can go about it, but this team still has so many holes. So for me, I'm still of the believer that they're going to have to bring in another off-ball linebacker. Some, like, and I don't think that's going to be through the draft because I think they need someone that can play right away. They've had so many misses since Shazer had his tragic injury. I know Tremaine Edmonds, like obviously the name, and the value, I, I think, makes sense. And I, I think he could play beside Miles Jack. I feel like a move like that would make sense. I feel like they could even try to circle back on a Javon Hargrave. Like, you know how much this organization loves familiarity. So I, yeah. I could see that happening too. I, I think there's probably one, maybe two of the signings that the Steelers typically wouldn't make in 2023. Like, I think that might be the kind of the, the change is that their willingness to maybe go out and get some difference makers on the open market. I can see that, but again, it, it's all going to start here in the next couple of weeks at, well, I guess after the Super Bowl, how they kind of uh, trim up their roster. It's going to be really interesting. Cause you know, the Steelers, they did it last year. They've done it in, in years past and, and hiring in-house with, with con, you imagine they're going to follow that same guideline and that same uh, that their first effort is to check the boxes before the draft. So, mm. I mean, you think about last year, you talk about Cole, Daniels, they bring those two guys in. Trubisky, Miles Jack, uh, DeMonte KZ, eventually Terrell Edmonds. They're checking every single box as they go. Levi Wallace was another. They're going to have a lot of boxes to check, but if I were to ask you if you're prioritizing those boxes, what are the biggest team needs for the Steelers? You mentioned off-ball linebacker. What else do? What else are the Steelers going to have to do this offseason in terms of positional needs? 
in a weird way, corner is like it could be or it couldn't be. Like Mike Tomlin has wanted William Jackson the third since he was at Houston. <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if they figured out a way to make the contract work, not saying they're paying him $12 million, maybe a pay cut, maybe adding some uh some sort of uh, void years on the contract or just extending him so he can fit keeping right. uh, Cam Sutton around having Witherspoon Sutton uh, William Jackson the third Mallette uh, Wallace like they could have four legit like legit I use that loosely yeah. corners so that's kind of a maybe surprisingly enough because a lot of people want to mock corners to them and they ultimately probably will take one but I, I think that's going to be the first domino to fall whether or not they cut someone or Sutton leaves um, so corner is definitely on there. And right now I, I think offensive tackle definitely has to be on that list as well. Um, but that, that one, again, I would leave for the draft. Like I, I'm not, I'm not signing an Orlando Brown jr. To a 22 million, whatever dollar deal. And there really isn't too much left beyond that. I am saving that hopefully for your first, uh, the 17th overall pick. That's kind of the ideal situation in my mind. We'll see how that one plays out. Defensive line, like right now, it seems more so than anything is just injecting some young life into the defense. So beyond re-signing Terrell Edmonds, which I think is a must, um, this offseason, I think the biggest things are the off-ball linebacker trying to add some something else to the D-line before the draft. Um, and then cornerback depending, just seeing how it all plays out. Uh, I know my fascination with going out and getting the big names – I don't know if the Steelers swing it for a huge trade. And I know I've gotten made fun of over the years for it, but Jalen Ramsey's not worth a whole lot of money next year. <laughs> that's a trade. The Steelers have an abundance of draft picks. Uh, yeah. If they want to go down that rabbit hole, that's one that like of any trade, that's going to be the only trade that I, I would keep half a glance on throughout okay. this off season until that happens. That's going to be my only one. I'm not going to talk about any, any other player. <laughs> that's the one where I'm like, that's kind of interesting to me. Just $5 million. Hey, like, if, if there's a team that needs picks, it's the LA Rams. LA Rams. FM and, picks. FM yeah. picks. They need those picks right now. <laughs> so maybe that's how they get. It. I'm not gonna poo-poo anything, man. You've you've been right more than you've been wrong. And even though sometimes your ideas are outlandish, but I always appreciate <laughs> oh, <yeah>. it. <laughs> All right, Michael, I'm gonna let you go. I want to have you back on before the draft, though, after free agencies kind of settle down to get your thoughts on that. In the meantime, tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and what you're doing now. Yeah, so right now, obviously, start a new career um, and definitely trying to wade my way back in into uh, uh, Steelers media and, and talking about this team because everyone knows it's pretty much the forefront of my mind all the time. <laughs> I love this team. I, I'm still tweeting about them constantly. Hopefully get up to, to, to writing again soon uh, because I just love this platform. Mm -hmm. it, it's just so good. Um, and being able to kind of funnel the thoughts um, is something that I, I'm always going to want to do and, and kind of need. It's almost therapeutic to kind of just Absolutely. get it all out. Yeah. So um, obviously on Twitter, as Jeff mentioned, the blue check that still remains for <laughs> TBD until that's gone. Uh, but Michael Beck 56, uh, it's still in the handle here. Uh, if you're watching the video uh, or if this is just going to be audio, then at Michael Beck 56 on Twitter, if you want to keep up with me and we'll uh, continue this conversation. Cause man, I, I love this team. I really do. Yeah. And we I appreciate your time, Michael. And for all the people listening right now, make sure you're on the lookout on Tuesday for that tweet for the mailbag segment. Just follow me on Twitter or find my Twitter handle at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. I will put that tweet out in the morning. You respond. I'll answer your question live on the air on Wednesday. So make sure you're on the lookout for that. In the meantime, folks, you know how we finish it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. We'll see you on Wednesday. Thank you.
Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.